Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Wednesday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Kelly Sander. Dalton Stanford producing from the First Bank Studios here in Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us for a Wednesday edition of our program. We've got a great soccer story we're going to be talking about a little later in the show. A young lady who suffered a really life-severe injury and uh, recovered. And uh, it's, it's a testament not only to her but to the staff of the Southern Miss soccer program and particularly the coach and the compassion that they showed this young lady. So we look forward to sharing that program or that show with you a little later. Also, we're going to be talking in just a couple of moments to Dr. C. Newton Wilkes about really, I think, the stunning news that came out of the NCAA yesterday uh, in which uh, now, I guess, uh, Kelly, within two years, the NCAA plans to allow college athletes to get paid for the use of their name, images, and other ways to actually be paid for their college athleticism. Well, and we got we got the guy to talk to about that subject. Doctor C. Newton Wilkes is going to join us in a minute. But but I, it's just another case, Bob, where the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. I mean, do you think, with all due respect, that an athlete from the University of Akron is going to have his picture plastered all over billboards across the country, as opposed to to a Tuagliavo or whatever his name is over at Alabama. So it's just, which means that's just one more recruiting tool that the bigger schools have over the small schools. I want to talk to uh, Dr. Wilkes about that and what he thinks the impact will be on schools like where he taught at Northwestern State and Southern Miss as compared to the Alabamas and Clemsons of the world. Yeah, and Dr. Wilkes was actually at Southern Miss from 1979 to 1992. So I think his children were both born in Hattiesburg. And let's bring him in on our Super Talk Mississippi hotline. Dr. C. Newton Wilkes, always good to talk to you, Dr. Wilkes. Well, Kelly, it's great to hear your voice again, young man. I certainly appreciate the opportunity to get to get in this quagmire of uh, the NCAA decision, and uh, certainly would like to hear any any kind of questions you guys want me to entertain. I'll be more than happy to try to get a little input. Um, well, well, before we, before we get started, me to do. did he call you young man? Because I don't believe I've ever heard that term used in your <laughs> well, case, that, that just shows you how old he is. I got you. <laughs> you got it right there. <laughs> hey, Dr. Wilkes, we're glad to have you on the Eagle Hour. Kelly and I are of the opinion, sir, that uh, if this, in fact, becomes the law of the land, so to speak, uh, that it's going to be very detrimental to schools like Northwestern State, Southern Miss, the smaller schools. And it's, it's just another, you know, dollar bill stuffed in the pocket, basically, of, of the Power Five schools. Your thoughts, sir? Uh, I cannot disagree one iota with what you have just said. The only, the only hope that I have that this might work out to anyone's benefit is someone say, who is not in the top – 100 prospects around the country and if he is in say like a local high school standout possibly possibly he may or she may stay at that 
school locally to try to get some local endorsements from car dealerships, restaurants, something like that. Other than that, I cannot see this benefiting a, uh, a northwestern state. And, 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 you know, back in the day when Reggie Collier, Sammy Winder, and some of those really Jackie Ray Moffitts and some, Lewis Lips and Brett Favre were at Southern Mississippi, they could have certainly gathered some recognition with their name and jersey number. And it just, I could go off on a thousand different tangents real quick because my mind is so scrambled with this decision. My first thought, and, and please don't slap me in the face when you see me, but my first thought when I heard this story developing out in California through Nancy Skinner, who was in a, you know, in the Congress in California, where they passed a bill that they were going to start paying their athletes, my first thought was, where is Mark Emmert? Where, where, why hadn't he said we're not going, we're not going to allow any California schools to be represented by the NCAA? If you want to go on your own and be the professional schools that you want to, the uh, teams that you want to, then that's fine and good. But you will not be a member of the NCAA any longer. That's the kind of stand I was kind of hoping to see. But no, we're hearing from people like Ohio State President. I think it's Mark, Dr. Mark Drake, who's saying that, well, we're now embracing change. And, um, well, that's fine. Some change is good and some change is not good. It's going to me to destroy every bit of the separation of professionalism and amateurism by the NCA, which has struggled and fought hard to keep it that way. And we all know that athletics, and gosh almighty, we all love athletics, we participated in them, and just I think there, there's so so much good. But when when it started wagging the tail, wagging the dog, it just became so unmanageable. Um, and and I really believe that you know they kept fighting ways to to make it stay amateurism. This is going to deplete that because I will say this comment real quickly. They know how to start it. All you have to do is say, yes, we'll allow this to happen. They will not know where to stop it. There will be more and more and more coming up down the road. I can't say 10, 15 years or whatever. I'm sure I'll be gone by then. But at that stage, it's just going to become a mountain, and it's going to continue to develop, roll downhill, and nothing's going to stop it. Because where do you stop it? Okay, here, listen to this comment. I just read something this afternoon that said, the NCA is going to allow endorsements based on likeness and pictures and advertisements and things like that. But, and here it is, but we will not have compensation for performance or participation. That will still be prohibited. How in the world can you make that distinction? Who's going to develop these rules? I understand that each division, Division One, Two, and Three, are going to have to get together and come up with their own acceptable rules of handling these endorsements. Good luck, Doctor Doctor Wilkes. I want to ask you: Is, is this just another way of putting a, a further chokehold on schools like Toledo, Akron, Central Michigan? You know, from from the Ohio States and and Michigans of the world. Well, you know, there's been a big push. To, to, to have these super conferences and these lesser conferences, and I think this is going to add more to it. You, I, 
I, I guarantee if you interviewed the top 20 athletes who are being pursued by football, basketball, baseball, schools, soccer, whatever, tennis, you're going to find some of those will say, no, the money isn't going to influence me because I'm there to um, get a scholarship and I'm there to uh, participate in team spirit, bull. It's going to come down to money. It's, go, it's all going to revolve around money. Um, I think I really believe that we have separated further the kisms between academics and athletics. Uh, it, it's just going to continue to develop. And it, to me, if you're, if you're a sought-after high school athlete, are you going to go to Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, or are you going to go to Northwestern State? Yeah, you know, where you, well, come on. I mean, people, I understand financial issues. Heck, we struggled with them. We were kids, too. Um, but, you know, financial issues are financial issues. But a scholarship, to me, a scholarship, if it's done for the right reason, really gives the kid an advantage to get to school and get some learning. So, so, are you, uh, so, so are you saying with this rule change, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but are you saying that this rule change makes academics more of a joke as opposed to athletics, where the emphasis... Without question. Without question. And I will also say that team unity will now be questioned, and coaches are going to have to fight harder to keep team unity. I will promise you this, and I, 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 I am no foreseer, as you well know, but I, I, I can guarantee that we will be seeing more athletes pumping themselves in the chest, getting that recognition because they want to be a noted endorser somewhere for someone. So you'll have college teammates, you'll have college teammates being jealous of one another. Oh, absolutely. But here's my question. Okay, let's pay let's let's just use Brett Favre. I thought he was a great quarterback. I mean, you good gracious sakes alive. Let's just take Brett Favre or no, let's take Sammy Winder. Sammy Winder was a heck of a running back, was he not? Right. Now, does he have to take part of his endorsements to give to his offensive lineman who played the hole for him to score touchdowns? No. Or, or is he going to get them all? He's going to get all the endorsements at the offensive line. So do I see jealousy? Yeah, I certainly do. Do I see um, uh, more grandstanding and recognition? I certainly do. And I hope I'm wrong. Truly, I hope I'm wrong. I hope college athletics are far more better than what I'm trying to portray it right now. But it's, it's, we fought this battle for so long relative to academics and, and uh, athletics. Now it's just, to me, has, has separated it more. Right, we're talking to uh, Dr. C. Newton Wilkes, a retired professor of health and human performance at Northwestern State University, as well as Southern Miss. And, Doctor, if you can hang on through the break, I want to continue this conversation with you on the Eagle Hour with Dr. C. Newton Wilkes. Stay with us, everybody. We'll be back in three minutes. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back. Opening segment of the Eagle Hour, sponsored, of course, by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of the show. We thank them very much for their support. 
A lot of special occasions coming up with the holidays just around the corner. It's a great time to call Dickies for your holiday catering. You can just sit back, always relax, and let Dickies do the cooking. Also, our thanks to Campus Bookmart and our buddies at CampusBookmart.net. Now, there's a place to go Christmas shopping if you have a Golden Eagle on your Christmas list. They'll have everything for kids, from kids to adults, uh, from little bitty guys uh, like Kelly to big guys like me. Uh, no matter the size, no matter the shape, uh, no matter the gender or the age, Kelly, they got it at Campus Bookmark. Well, people say I'm not in shape, and I keep telling people, round is a shape, <laughs> right? Dr. C. Newton Wilkes is with us, a retired professor of health and human performance at uh, Northwestern State and, of course, Southern Miss. And we're talking about the rather stunning news yesterday that came out about the NCAA allowing athletes to get paid for the use of their name, images, etc. How it's going to affect schools like Southern Miss. And Dr. Wilkes, two questions from me. A, I watch college basketball now, and it seems to me that Division I basketball at a lot of schools has really become a joke when it comes to academics. These kids come in, they play one year, and they're off to the NBA. I wonder if if that won't be the next step in Division I college football. And number two, as a parent that sent two kids to college, I just find it incredibly irritating when I hear that college athletes are not being compensated. Well, they are being compensated, Dr. Wilkes. They're getting free room and board, free books, free tuition. And if you don't think that's compensation, then pay for a child to go through college. Amen. Good good comment, Bob. I cannot disagree when I owe That is my thought right down the line. And it's, uh, it's really interesting uh, to even talk about the academics and athletics. It's been, it's been slowly deteriorating over the years, and now it's just going snowball right on down. Now, if everybody started looking at some of the curriculums that are being offered to athletes to keep them eligible, you, we'd be surprised. Now, on the other token, there are some who would get their business degrees, get computer science degrees, get whatever else degrees that really understand academics and athletics. I do, I'll have to make this mention, if you don't mind. I had one of the greatest letters I ever received was from a former USM athlete, baseball player, a catcher. And um, he was really just struggling to do some things. And he and I started having lots of conversations relative to professional sports, opportunities in professional sports, how many make it, how many don't. And he wrote us such a nice letter. I'm, I'm not going to do the whole thing, but just a couple of lines was that people try to tell us about the differences that not many people, 1% or so, will make it to the pros. He said, you know, I just kind of shirk all that off. He said, but you took the time and you made me understand what was happening. Consequently, he no, he did not go pro, but consequently got an education, he got a good job, and he's still working and he's still living. So those are the kind of things that I would like to see us get back to is how to make students understand that only 1% to 2% will go pro. 98% will not. So this is going to be, quote, their change, their change in their opportunity to make money before they get a real job. Um, I just, I, I am so opposed against this, it's not even funny. Um, uh, do, I, do I hate the kids for having it? No. 
If the NCAA is going to let them do it, then by gosh, go make as much as you can. Yeah, but it's just um, but it's just another, another recruiting tool that the big schools didn't need to begin with. For example, yeah, for example, if you're a, and, I, and I'm not being, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Toledo or Akron. Those are just a couple of schools that, that come to mind. But Mankato State, all right. What what are the odds that an athlete from Mankato State is going to get their picture on a Wheaties box as opposed to a player at Alabama, for example? Um, so the oh, Alabama co- yeah, so the Alabama coaches can say, well, not only should you come here to begin with, but second of all, more of our guys have endorsements than any other any other team out there. The rich get richer, Doctor Wilkes, and the poor seem to get poorer. There's no question, Kelly. That that is a great comment. It's something that has stuck in my mind forever. And that is the fact that recruiting landscape is now going to be changed horrendously to the point of endorsements, futuristic national recognition. No longer will it just be, well, we've competed for 17 national championships. So we've, you know, it's going to be now money oriented. It's going to, I'll tell you what, coaches who believe in this endorsement stuff, coaches who believe in the endorsement will now use that as a big tool to get a recruit right and no it's question. going to be it's going, to me it's going to be more illegality but in in, in in some ways it's stretched out it's broadening the legality uh, and we haven't even thrown in the money. we haven't even thrown in the poisonous mixture of social media dr oh, wilkes and how this Lord. is just going to multiply the problem it it's it's going to it's just going to compound this whole issue and when you talk about social media, that is everyone's Bible nowadays. And that's, that is where all this is going to hinge upon, and the explosion will not even be, oh, it's just going to be incredibly to enforce. I feel sorry for the NCA for even entertaining this, because now it's going to increase their certifications, their whatever it is. You know, they go around different schools and see if they can meet the NCAA standards and certification requirements. It's just going to make this a convoluted mess. And um, I, I, I wish I could say more, but, you know, anyone who – I'll tell you what they ought to do, in my opinion. If you start getting endorsements that outweigh your scholarship, take the scholarship away and give it to a student who doesn't have one. Hmm. That would make and, sense. Uh, and, and, you know, if you can't appreciate, if you cannot come to college and appreciate a scholarship, then give it to someone else. Well, here's something like else. you said, Bob, pay for it. You right. know, I mean, like, come on. Here's something that might be problematic as well, because now you put in the another part of the factors, this transfer portal. All right, so you theoretically could go to Alabama one year, get your endorsement from Tuscaloosa Motors, all right, for one year, have that deal run out and say, you know what, I'm going to go to Clemson next year, and then go to Clemson and get a deal with, with the car dealership in Clemson. Right. And, I mean, you know, the transfer portal, too, is getting to be a monster that, that nobody's going to be able to control, yes? Right. Just wait. Just wait. Uh, hopefully they will continue to say if you transfer schools, you have to sit out of here. But I'll be guaranteeing you this. It's going to start changing that as well. Right, it no already question. has. They're allowing, you know, like Jalen Hurts was playing at Alabama nice at, uh, at, at at Oklahoma and doing quite nicely. So just because a, a kid, I, I, it's, I, it's, it's, so, it's so disturbing and on so many levels to me because now you're getting so much in – individual attention and so much individual motivation to to be recognized 
that a lot of them are trying to transfer to championship teams so they can be a championship national winner. Well, right. some of us ain't going to make it. I'm sorry, kids. Some of us ain't going to make it there. We're not going to be that number one. We're going to be number 100,000 or something of that nature. And that it just bothers me on so many different levels because of how society has become is that everyone is now a winner. No, you can do anything you want. No, your, your brain power, your motivation, and your abilities will limit you somewhere. Yeah, I think it's... I could, ne- I, I could I, never be a neurosurgeon. <laughs> I think all right. Not, no one would want that. I, I think with the, the point is well taken too about the 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 focus becomes on the individual now when you're playing team sports. Yep. You exactly. know you've, you've got you got a bunch of deteriorating. Yeah, it, it's all about me now. And and I even my own son said one time he said you know Dad you always grew up telling me there's no I in team, but he says there is M E in team. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said with social media and all this other stuff out there, it's it's really becoming apparent and it's going to cause turmoil and dissension among. So so with all the things that we've said, Dr. Newton Wilkes, why did they pass it? Uh, I, it's just a matter of pressure. And I don't understand. To me, I don't understand it. I think they're trying to let me say it this way. They have fought this professionalism, amateurism status for so long that now someone has finally succumbed to this, well, we need to be let athletes be paid or compensated for representing the university, representing the sport. No, they're representing themselves, and right. that's, what's, that's what's irritating to me. Right. And uh, so why have they done it? God only knows, except I do know it's not going to end with this. It will be more and more. It's like, uh, I think it was Nancy Skinner out in California who said, well, good for the NCAA. They recognize something should be done, but don't worry. It's not going to stop here. Well, that tells me something real big. It's never going to end. It's always going to be something, yeah, well, we did this, now let's do this. Yeah, we did this, now let's do that. So where does the can of worms stop opening? I don't know, but I, I really am sorry because I love college athletics. I love what it represented what, what it represented long, 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 many years ago, and now it's just become a, oh boy, here we go again. Why, why not? It, it's all become circus tents and beer wagons. All right. You know, well, Dr. Wilkes, go to school for entertainment. Dr. Wilkes, we're out of time, but it was a great conversation, uh, sir. We, uh, we thank you very much for your input. Well, thank you so much for having me, and good luck to you guys. All right, Dr. C. Newton Wilkes, everybody. On the changing face of college athletics. All circus tents and beer wagons. There we go. All right, when we come back, we have a positive story to share with you, and we're looking forward to that, so stay with us. To the top. On this overcast, dreary Wednesday, weather calls for rain for the rest of the day, maybe starting to clear out late tomorrow. 
Hopefully it'll uh, be good for trick-or-treating weather throughout the state. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, right over the bridge, the 4th Street Bridge, next to Highway 49 within the shadows of... M.M. Roberts Stadium, 4th Street Bar and Grill. We will be starting our pre-gaming for the UAB game a week from Friday when we will originate this program live from 4th Street Bar and Grill. Plate lunch specials every single day, and that menu changes up as the weather begins to get colder. They'll have trivia every once in a while. Of course, pool tables, all sorts of uh, Southern Miss memorabilia that they also uh, change in and out. So you get to see um, it's a history lesson as well as a great meal, as always, at 4th Street Bar and and grill. You can't miss it. Just ask anybody in Hattiesburg. They'll tell you exactly where to go if you're not sure where 4th Street Bar and Grill is located. Our next guest as we talk uh, soccer, when she was a Southern Miss Lady Eagle from 2010 to 2014, she was known as Chelsea Crew Thirds, but she got married, and so now it's Chelsea Poche. She's a native of Prairieville, Louisiana, went to Dutchtown High School, and then on to uh, Southern Miss, and Bob has her unique soccer story as uh, we welcome Chelsea to the program. Hey, Chelsea, thanks for joining us. We sure appreciate your time. Oh, thank you all so much for having me. All right, so your story is really a a difficult one at time, but one with a great ending. And first of all, I'm, I'm glad to know that you're, you're doing well now, but Tell our listeners what happened to you, Chelsea, when you were a soccer player at Southern Miss. So my senior year, um, after four long, healthy years at Southern Miss soccer, um, we were playing uh, University of Texas San Antonio, and I was fly tackled and landed on my neck. Um, from there, I tried to get up, and I, I couldn't. Um, I was... At the time, we didn't know, but I was paralyzed from the waist down. Um, and what we found out that it was was a spinal shock. It happens often to football players um, whenever they hit helmet to helmet. Uh, it's not as typical in soccer players, obviously, but um, my spine just needed to reset. And fortunately, it was a 50-50 prognosis, and I had the positive um, prognosis on that, and I was eventually able to walk again. Now, how long did the recovery take? So, I was in the hospital, um, and my parents were there, and our trainer, um, shout out to Katie Barker, because she was amazing to end my recovery. But I was there probably four or five days before I was released, um, and the feeling gradually came back, um, from my torso, and then it kind of met in the middle. It was my toes, and uh, it met in the middle to my knees. And by the time I left, I was able to walk um, with a cane, um, so assisted walking. Um, and I was on a cane for a couple of months um, until I was able to recover and go to therapy and get back to normal shape. And then I was able to walk again. And the five days, I'm going to assume, were terrifying for you. Very. Um, when the priest comes in and prays for you and your occupational therapist is trying to figure out how you're going to get to your third floor apartment in Hattiesburg mm-hmm. <laughs> with right. no elevator, right. um, it's pretty scary. Can, you can, can you tell us, Chelsea, what you remember of dealing with that emotionally and mentally those four or five days? What went through your mind? Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm a, a huge family person. Um, Things that I was being told that might not happen is having a family one day, um, as far as, you know, being able to have my own children. 
Um, and fortunately, I have a beautiful three-year-old son, Gray. Um, and, you know, so I've been able to kind of fulfill that dream. And then being an athlete your whole life, going from being very independent and competitive to, you know, not being able to walk at all, um, it's a scary thing. And, you know, my parents were there and very supportive. Um, there's been very few times in my life that I've seen my, my dad cry. And one of them was the day that the occupational therapist helped me walk down the hall with a walker for the first time. And when, and when you have shared your story, you've talked about how not only the Southern Miss people were so supportive, but Conference USA, other teams called inquiring about your, your well-being, uh, that the entire league and university rallied around your cause. Absolutely. So um, first, you know, Coach Mo at Southern Miss, who's still the head coach there, I mean, he was phenomenal in being supportive um, through my recovery. Um, for UTSA, their uh, athletic director and some of their players even came out to the hospital and brought me a little goodie bag, you know, and sitting there, you know, hoping that everything would be all right in recovery. I had a few NFL players tweet me at the time um, who had gone through some of the same issues I was going through. Uh, Conference USA was awesome about it. Um, you know, my senior day, I was able to be assisted out on the field by uh, my teammates and kick the ball off to our opponent. And, you know, they kicked it out of bounds and out of bounds and let me have my. Did we lose her? Chelsea, are you with us? All right, I think we dropped the call. We're going to get her back because I want to read a quote from uh, from her coach, Kelly. But an inspiring story. I mean, this uh, young girl was faced with something I guess none of us can really imagine how frightening that must be. No, and, and even still being relatively fresh in her mind, it, it can be a little bit uncomfortable to talk about and certainly to get emotional because there was no guarantee. And she you know, she said it was a 50-50 prognosis, but then to be, to be looking at, at potential, you know, you know, par- being paralyzed uh, right in the face, that that has got to be terrifying and something that we hope nobody ever has to potentially right. deal with. We're having some difficulty reconnecting with her, but we do want everybody to know that she, she did fully recover. Uh, she did walk assisted to midfield, as she described, uh, senior day with Old Dominion. And if we get her back, I want to read this quote to her. But uh I think it uh, says an awful lot about Coach Mo and what he means to these kids that play soccer here. Well, you know, and, and the, the Pittsburgh Steelers player, was it Ryan Chazier? Is that right, who right. had similar type of more more severe? But, I mean, he's, you know, he's on the – he's never, not ever going to play football again, but I'm saying being able to – but it's a long road right. back, and the, the human body is an amazing machine. All right, Chelsea, we got you back. We're, we're sorry yeah. about the call dropping. Well, look, right. so the story turned out good, so you're, you're able to – to kick off on your senior day against Old Dominion. And I want to read a quote to you, and then I want you to comment on Coach Mo. Here's a quote from him. Chelsea was an inspiration, not just to me, but to our team and people all over the country who learned of her story. I was in Houston just a few days ago wearing a Southern Miss shirt. Someone walked up to me, asked if I was the coach who had the player who couldn't walk, but later took the kickoff. That was an incredible moment. Are you aware of that quote? I'm not. Uh, that's incredible. I mean, you know, for me, I'm, I moved back home to Louisiana, and I'm just fortunate that I'm able to 
live life and and walk and for coach it's not surprising somewhat that coach mo um would say that because he's been a huge supporter um and a good friend now but it is crazy that my story is still out there um it wasn't ever something that i you know i i guess uh advertised not because um i didn't want people to hear the success of it but more because you know, I had four great years at Southern Miss before my injury and, and a great career um, and loved the sport. And I didn't want it to be something that that was kind of the only thing I was remembered for. But mm-hmm. it is a great story. And, you know, I'm just fortunate that I came out on the positive end of it. Well, let's also point out that you registered the program as 14th all-time hat trick. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> you you were certainly no question about that. You were a great player. Uh, thank you. Every one of you young women that we've ever had on this show – just speaks in glowing terms, and we can tell with a lot of love for, for Coach Elzaire. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I was I was actually recruited by Scott Epke before Coach Mo, and so anytime that there's a transition in leadership of coaching, it can be a tough situation, and, and that wasn't the case for um, Southern Miss Lady Eagles soccer. You know, we, we took Coach Mo in with open arms, and he the same with us. It was never about who was his recruit or not. We were all just his his players, and um, and I mean he's doing great things with the program. I mean even last year, I mean you know they're in the conference. I mean doing awesome things with their wins and the recruits, and I mean they have international players. It's pretty awesome to see. All right, we want to make sure that this ends like it should. It's a great story. Where are you now, and what are you doing, Chelsea? <laughs> so I am back in Louisiana. Um, I am happily married uh, to my husband, Timmy, and I have a three-year-old son, Gray, um, and I am working as a um, safety training and marketing manager at a door and hardware company after teaching high school for five years. So Good deal. Even, even still, I, I, you know, changes happen all the time, but for the better, I would... You know, I wouldn't change my time at Southern Miss for anything, and I'm here because of that school, and I love it. Well, thank you for sharing your story. We're Kelly, I know I speak for Kelly when I say we're very happy that things turned out so good for you and you're whole and healthy and uh, enjoying life, Chelsea. Absolutely. Well, thank you all so much. At Southern Miss, she was Chelsea Cruthers, now married Kelsey Pochet, former soccer great at Southern Miss. Our final segment of this installment of the Eagle Hour comes your way in a moment. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this afternoon. I want to thank two really good guests. I want to thank Chelsea for sharing her story with us and also Dr. C. Newton Wilkes. I thought that was a most interesting conversation. A couple of uh, housekeeping notes. Trick or treat down the street, not at the Pete is not going to be at the softball complex. It's going to be at the Eagle under the Walk seats. at 6 o'clock. <laughs> Trick or treat under the seats, down the street, not at the peak. <laughs> <laughs> 
There you go. We should do Southern Misses marketing for them. Yeah. Uh, well, yes, we should. But that's another subject for another show. <laughs> because of the rain. Correct. And they've moved right. it underneath the bleachers on the east side of the stadium. As of yesterday, Kelly, Coach Barry was on the show, refused to give up the ghost, no pun intended. Well, we've got moles located throughout right. the So yeah. if you want to know what Coach Barry is dressed up as this year, you're going to have to go to the trick-or-treat down the street under the peat. No, across the seats, from the Pete, under the seats. The seats. <laughs> yeah. right. Hard to keep up with. <laughs> Six o'clock, uh, it starts tonight. All right, basketball kicked off last night, Kelly Sander. And uh, I don't know, what do you – 73-68 win over uh, Mississippi College. Exhibition game, free admission. First time uh, that the new coaching staff had their guys on the floor. What do you make of it, or can you make of anything? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think the first time, um, you know, as Coach Hill, Delonte Hill, was on with us earlier this week, he said the guys are just so tired of, of playing each other. You know, I'm sure they were just excited to be able to, to face an opponent, you know, as it were. So uh, they've got a lot of kinks to, to work out very early, you know, in the season. But, but right. they're working on uh, – on having the soothsayers be proven wrong, that they won't, won't be the worst team. Well, they only gave up two offensive boards. That's pretty good. And they out-rebounded, uh, they out-rebounded their opponent 37-21. They led by as many as 19 points in the second half. Mississippi College made a run against some, you know, against some kids that had come off the bench. But the Golden Eagles, I don't think the game was uh, ever in doubt. Uh, next up, they will be playing Delta State. That'll be next Tuesday night. And that'll be another warm-up game. And then pretty soon after that, it gets just blood serious with Gonzaga and Iowa State. And I think, last time I checked, Gonzaga and Iowa State are a little bit higher ranked than Mississippi College Probably and, so. and Delta State. Probably so. You know, a, a postscript to uh, to Chelsea Cruthard's Pochet's story. People who, who have never seen soccer at that level – you know, you always think of, oh, the, the soccer trophies and soccer's not. Soccer is physical. Let me right. tell you. Be- right. And it's, they don't have really any, any protective gear on either other than protecting their shins pretty much. Right. So you got people who are great athletes, certainly well-conditioned, strong, running at each other as fast as they are. It can really get right. intense. Well, she's you know? an example. I mean, yeah. that's a serious injury. All right, Southern Miss alum. Brian Dozier, twenty-seven outs away from a World Series ring. Kelly, have you ever, you ever thought this? They said it's the first time this has ever happened. Think of this in the history of Major League Baseball: that you're six games into the World Series and the home team has not won a single game. And that's never happened before. No. Another thing that's never happened is that a team who filed a protest during a World Series game and whose manager got ejected. Won the game. Won the game. It <laughs> you know? was crazy. It was crazy last night. It, it it was nuts. But it, but the other thing is is you've paid you've played now. These two teams have played like 177 games. Right. Going back to last March, and it comes down to one stinking game. Right. It's all on the line tonight. Not, not counting spring training. Right. Off season workout. Right. All the travel. All the nights in hotel rooms. Winner take all tonight, right. baby. Uh, and you know. This is kind of a an overused expression, but in a sense, there won't be a loser in this World Series because this has just been a magnificent contest between two very, very good baseball teams. To us as fans, there will be no losers, but trust me, 
Well, yeah, to the, those guys it will be. Oh, my gosh. And you talk about emotional expenditure, the right. physical expenditure, and it all comes down to one game. And I bet this doesn't surprise you. He has not taken the field in the World Series. But in several instances last night when big things happened for the Nationals, the first guy out of the dugout, the first guy on the field, hugging and congratulating the player who had scored the run or made the hit, Brian Dozier. No, that doesn't surprise me at all. Right. You know, but but Bob, I can only say that if you were to tell me you're going to give me $9 million a year, but I never get to go on the radio, I'd be fine with that. Right. And, and you're going to get another 175000 tonight if we win a game. Yeah, right? just, just for being there. You're you going know? to be pretty happy. I'll suit up, sure. Pretty enthusiastic. And a beautiful ring to go along with. Greeting it. me every time I do something good, it you, comes off. You got it. You got it. And, and finally, one last mention of that. The Rice Owls shined last night, brother. Yeah, Ron Rendon has been just terrific. I don't know who you would have given the MVP to last night, Steven Strasburg or Rendon. Just depends on on whether you like the defensive side or offensive side. But I'd have given them co-players of the game. Strasburg was magnificent. You know a lot more about baseball than me, having coached a long time. But a guy like Strasburg, Kelly, he gives up two runs in the first inning. And then he literally shuts maybe the best offensive team in the game completely. Completely down. Yeah, I don't really care for either one of the teams. I mean, I, I don't have any skin in the game, so to speak. But what I liked about Strasburg last night is he's, he's always kind of had the reputation of being a little bit of a baby, mm-hmm. you know, not playing through sickness. Or if he's, not you know, last night. no, he was a bulldog last night. Not last night. All right. So game seven tonight, the Eagle Hour in Ellisville Friday. will be there along with JT uh, at Wally Forestry. That's going to be exciting. Got the great, uh, the great hitter. From uh, Fred Cooley from uh, Laurel on the show Friday. We'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss to the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.